This podcast is a project of the Mass Cultural Council. We believe in the power of culture, the arts, humanities, and sciences to enrich communities, advance equity, and foster creativity. Part of what we're learning now as an organization is, you know, how to kind of um, take our narrative and make it clear to people what the value of the arts are in the community. Um, you know, I know a lot of times when we're looking at grant funding, you know, it's what, what are we doing not just from um, a cultural standpoint, but what is the real economic development kind of component to the arts community? Hi, I'm Anita Walker, Executive Director of the Mass Cultural Council, and welcome to Creative Minds Out Loud. Our guest today is Jennifer Mecca. She is president of Fort Point Artist Community. Welcome to our program. Thank you very much. It's really great to be here today. You know, we have been watching Fort Point for well over a decade now, <laughs> and the evolution of this place as a community of artists has been absolutely fascinating to watch. Tell us a little bit of the, the history and trajectory of how we've gotten to where we are today. Sure, well Fort Point, I think the first artist folklore says, you know, came to Fort Point in the late 70s, early 80s, looking for, you know, large loft space. And the community grew to, we believe about 800 artists in, in the neighborhood um, in the 80s, 90s, which were the peak of the um, population there. And it was really helped by the city of Boston who had worked with the artists to help negotiate contracts with Boston Wharf um, properties. So we think there was probably over 200,000 square feet that was occupied by artists down there at that time. Um, and the city helped negotiate a lease that, you know, let the arts community thrive. So we worked with, you know, the, the property owners, the large property owner, Boston Wharf at the time. And just pause there mm -hmm. and give sure. us the context because today when you start to go in that direction, it looks very, very different. What was yeah. it like in the area? Um, the only people on the streets were artists, <laughs> primarily, um, you know, and some of the smaller businesses that were down there. Um, you know, it was vacant loft buildings that people kind of would take over one floor of the building um, and be the leaseholder who would then sublet it to other artists. So, you know, it was sort of an um, organic, you know, situation. Um, so you'd have a floor that might have three or four artists or 13 or 14 artists on it. And you'd have, um, you know, a range of different size studios. There were a lot of different um, disciplines out there. Um, you know, so, you know, watching the trajectory over time, you know, at, at that point in the 80s, 90s, you know, occasionally a building would get developed and people would be displaced and be relocated and absorbed into other properties in the the, um, the neighborhood. Um, so, you know, over time, I think there were 19 buildings originally um, that had people in, and by the time I arrived in Fort Point, it was probably more like 13 or 14 buildings, and that was in about 2004 um, when I first got a studio space down there. Um, and as things happened, in about 2006, that's when Boston Wharf divested its holdings down there and sold it off to two large property owners. Um, one, a local company, Berkeley Investments, and the other, a group from Texas, um, Archon Development. And that's when the major um, kind of diaspora happened of the arts community. So, you know, very rapidly, we were left with about the main three buildings that are actually artist-owned, Midway Studios, um, 300 Summer, and 249A Street. So, and the rest? Gone. Um, you know, people just moved out. I mean, there were some people that moved to um, Lowell, you know, looking for space up there. People moved to Somerville, just kind of, you know, into residential areas as opposed to, you know, an artist community, um, although there's obviously grown up a space there. Um, and also, you have people moving down to Providence, you know, wherever they could find a similar comparable rent rate and open space. Um, so, you know, it's been a, a very big change that's happened in the last few years. I mean, going from what was, you know, a community of six or 800 people down to 
probably about 300 artists mm -hmm. in the neighborhood um, right now. Um, it's It's been a huge shift, and I think what's been tough for us is that the community was in a, a reactionary mode. You know, it's save our studios was kind of the mantra, and, you know, fighting to, you know, retain our community, retain our culture, you know, was really, really rough. And it's it's taken a lot to get the community to move beyond that mode and into a mode of how do we actually rebuild and repurpose, you know, and, and grow from where we're at. So, And this is the amazing part of the story because um, this is the moment where so often we hear it's just gone. I mean, mm -hmm. property values the way they are, development the way it's mm -hmm. spreading. Uh, the artists are just pushed out entirely and all of a sudden you have a completely whole different kind of neighborhood of, mm -hmm. of development. But that's not happened here entirely. Not entirely, and we're, we're trying really hard to rewrite that script, right? Um, we have two buildings, as I said, 300 Summer Street, which is um, an artist-owned building, and 249 A Street, which was the first limited equity co-op in the state. So say what that means. Um, it means um, it's a condo building, but there is a restriction on the resale value of the property so that it's meant to keep um, the, the units affordable um, so that um, you know it retains the artist population so they're all restricted for artists um, each of those two buildings actually have their own kind of internal process they're not part of the city of Boston's um, artist certification program um, but they do have kind of a review portfolio review process um, to get into them so those are two properties we also have Midway Studios which was developed in about 2005 I think um, and that property originally was uh, developed as a rental property. The intent was to go into this kind of co-op scenario, but because of the market and some of the financing on it, it ended up um, just staying rental property. And it was put on the market um, in, I want to say 2012 or 13. I might have that date wrong, but it was put back on the market. Um, the owners were looking to sell it, and the residents in the building went to the city and said, we need some help here. This is meant to be an artist building. How do we retain this? And they helped us find a developer to work with. Um, we worked with New Atlantic Development to basically take over the HUD loan on the building. Um, the residents in the building worked hard to raise um, $2.2 million toward a down payment that was needed um, to pay off one of the loans on the property. And in doing that, we're actually able to retain the building. Um, we now actually run it in a um, not-for-profit manner and so we're able to um, manage the rents on the to keep them affordable for artists and it is now as part of that whole purchase pro um, process it's actually um, in perpetuity meant to be an artist building so we use the city of Boston's artist certification program you have to have a certificate to be in um, we have uh, about a third of the, the units are actual um, affordable units according to the city's um, income restriction guidelines and are managed through that program but the rest are actually affordable the rents are much lower than they are in the rest of the seaport right now <laughs> that's for sure so um, which has its own challenges on maintaining it as artists and not you know letting it open up to everybody that wants to be in there <laughs> because mm -hmm. it's a good deal. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, we've, we've worked hard to, to make that happen. So you have a model now, and you mm -hmm. talked about uh, the building that you're in mm -hmm. having sort of a nonprofit mm -hmm. uh, structure. How did you figure out to do that? How did you, uh, you know, learn that you needed a new model to protect the asset of the building on behalf mm -hmm. of the artists? H how did this come to pass? Gosh. Um, I think it came out of necessity, <laughs> you know, looking at the fact that the building 
couldn't go to co-op because of some of the types of loans on it. Um, and also look at the real need for rental situations, right? That not everyone coming out of school or generally in the arts community has the ability to actually get a mortgage and, and take out, um, you know, own a condo, so to speak. Um, so, you know, the real need to kind of keep that. Um, we worked um, really in concert with the city of Boston's Department of Neighborhood Development, um, Sheila Dillon, the housing um, director there has been you know instrumental in helping us work through this um, and also just I think the combination of those of us in the building that understood enough about real estate and the you know having the developer kind of input on that side really was it was a, a good combination to make it work it this sounds so complicated <laughs> it You're is using a lot of big vocabulary here and yeah. I'm not sure how many artists you know <laughs> expect in their lifetime to be able to navigate something uh <laughs> Yeah, as difficult as this. Yeah, it is. It's very. Um, it's a very unique situation that we've had. I mean, I have a background in urban design and planning, so that's part of <laughs> that where I, that's where it comes in, right? Um, but I think just you know, a lot of the people that were um, instrumental in this had either been in the neighborhood and seen a lot of the other you know artist housing programs go. Um, I think also Fort Point is very unique in that way that because the first limited equity co-op was there, and because we. FPAC had helped sponsor 300 Summer Street in the development. There was a lot of knowledge kind of in the community already. I mean, FPAC has been very um, known for, for the housing component. Um, so we're actually looking to expand this now. Um, we're in the process right now of working with another developer um, who just purchased um, one of the buildings in the neighborhood, 63 Melcher. It was a rental property. Um, and we've been working with them in the city to um, maintain, there were five artist units in it right now um, as part of the original affordable housing. We're actually looking to work with them to purchase those units as a um, condo themselves while the rest of the, the units in the building are actually sold off as market rate condos. So those um, actually will be nine units will remain rental and they will main, remain affordable and they'll remain artist housing um, as part of an FPAC um, component to it so so what was that conversation with the developer like how do you convince a developer that this is I'm sure the developer if they can sell the rest as condos mm -hmm. they could sell these too well they were affordable they were the affordable component in the building and so they had a restriction on them to remain affordable and so you know they were looking at it as and I think the city's interest was to actually maintain more rental housing in the neighborhood because so much is going off to condo um, so I think you know it was it was more um, it worked well the relationship worked well on all sides mm -hmm. you know and I think again having had the relationship that we've built with the city in terms of they knowing our priorities um, has helped us piece together so, yeah piece together the pieces yeah so just does does the developer ever look at uh, the artist as an asset you know, this is a building with artists. Mm -hmm. You know, artists actually turn neighborhoods into mm -hmm. Tony attractive mm -hmm. destinations exactly. and then promptly get uh, displaced. Out. Right. <laughs> so um, if artists are, you know, we've already seen the impact of artists living in a neighborhood mm -hmm. or a place and transforming it. Mm -hmm. um, artists living in a building, it seems to me that would be, that would actually be an asset. Yeah, I think there's, there's... Developers see that? Some do, some don't. I mean, I think, you know, there's there's the different sides of that story, too, because when the um, properties were first purchased from Boston Wharf, one of the development teams came in and they put together this whole narrative. They had this whole slideshow about how great the neighborhood was going to be because it was an arts neighborhood. And 
they didn't care. They were looking to flip the buildings and sell them off at the highest value. And so even while they were telling this story about the neighborhood, they were turning around and evicting hundreds of people, right? Um, but at the same time, other, um, other developers have seen the asset. And so in the case of this 63 Melcher um, component, um, they actually have worked with us on the branding for the building. Um, it's actually being called the Muse Legacy Building. Um, and that actually, they've kind of made a nod to the arts you know, component of it. And really the arts um, studios in there are going to be a, a quarter of the building. It's nine of the 36 oh, units. Yeah. So they're actually really working with us about you know, how to maintain the, the culture of the place and you know, use it as a way to kind of help support the narrative of the overall neighborhood. So you've been having these conversations, obviously, for a lot of years now. <laughs> have you, I mean, seriously, have you had to learn a new vocabulary, a new way to communicate with developers, with city planners, to make your case? Yeah, I think so. And I think that's part of what we're learning now as an organization is, you know, how to kind of um, take our narrative and um, repurpose it or kind of make it clear to people what the value of the arts are in the community. Um, you know, I know a lot of times when we're looking at grant funding, you know, it's what, what are we doing not just from um, a cultural standpoint, but what is the real economic development kind of component to the arts community? You know, what is the benefit of having people who actually live in the community produce things in the community and be an active part of it, right? That, you know, if you're, you're it's kind of the buy a local story, right? Um, so we've actually been very, um, proactive in trying to build up, you know, what it means for our artists as arts businesses. We've developed an art lending program, which reaches out to a lot of the corporate um, entities in the neighborhood to get artwork into their, their buildings, and it's a way for FPAC to actually bring in some income that's not just purely sponsorship, because a lot of times People are like, well, why do I want to sponsor you? Mm -hmm. You know, what is this? What does this do for me? And we've found that actually this is a good way to kind of have a partnership with the businesses and at the same time develop an income stream for some of our artists that, you know, everyone gets a stipend or has a contract for the piece being actually in the building. So um, we've really been focused on kind of developing that language um, and repositioning how we approach people you know we're not just looking for hi we need a sponsorship to support what we do but there's other things we can do in a in a real true partnership exactly. two-way partnership exactly um, in working with the city um, have you been able to sort of transform from sort of a reactive mode mm -hmm. where you in the city you know address a fire drill around a building for sale <laughs> right. into a more planning and proactive mode mm -hmm. about where the options are going to be, what buildings are, you know, probably mm -hmm. going to go on the market, what mm -hmm. neighborhoods really have that critical mass and are mm -hmm. really great neighborhoods for artists, and for the city in partnership with you mm -hmm. and other artists to sort of be proactively looking at buildings before they're sold. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, we've actually really tried to kind of move in along those lines. I mean, you're right, there was the point where we were being reactionary, and you know, we still joke today, we with the city, like, we're gonna have to crank up the letter writing machine, you know, look out, <laughs> and if there's something that's really an issue. Um, but, you know, and I think that's one thing we're actually able to do is like mobilize people. But in terms of being proactive and planning, um, you know, I think it's really learning how to be strategic um, and knowing what you're asking for and not just being reactionary and shouting about a problem, but figuring out, you know, what what is it that the community needs so that you know how to ask for the right um, benefits or um, push for the right 
pieces. Um, in terms of the broader city, I mean, I know the city is very interested in expanding the artist housing program. Um, we've had uh, my board vice president, um, Raber Umfenauer, has actually been working with some other um, neighborhood arts groups on different properties around the city that um, East Boston, Jamaica Plain, where, you know, there's not the capacity that FPAC has or has had developed to um, reach out and help them figure out how they can kind of move through um, the process. So <clears throat> you came to Four Point, uh, you said 2002-ish? It's roughly then, yeah. Uh, roughly then. Um, and it's uh, it's more than a decade later. Mm -hmm. um, big takeaway. I mean, what's, what's the big lesson learned over this time? Mm -hmm. You can't fight change. <laughs> you have to kind of figure out how you roll with it. And, you know, I think that's kind of one of the things that a community has to do in this situation is um, learn what's really core and important and hang on to those pieces and learn what pieces you need to kind of reinvent and, you know, think through what happens next. I mean, one thing, you know, I look at the programs that FPAC's been running over the last few years. We're actually about to start a strategic planning process with our, our community, which um, looking at, you know, we run an art lending program, we run a floating art program, we've done um, public art programs, we have our open studios programs, which, um, you know, run fall, spring, and also we do a holiday sale. There's all these things that we do, and yet, you know, how do you balance that with um, the capacity? Because we've shrunk so much in terms of the number of people and the volunteers, how do you actually balance out the resources, both human resources and financial resources with the programs that you're running. And I think, you know, organizations change over time and recognizing that is um, both a difficult thing as a community, but also a very important and healthy thing to kind of stop and assess, you know, where these things are going. We're about to open our first um, arts center, we'll call it. Um, we've got an 1,100 square foot space in um, the Envoy Hotel, which is part of the Chapter 91 um, spaces along the waterfront, so it's the first one, although the um, Society for Arts and Crafts got theirs up and running <laughs> faster than we did. Um, we've been kind of scrapping for the funds, and we did get a large grant from um, Mass Development recently that's helping us finish the construction. But, you know, it's it's a new thing for us, you know, running an art center. You know, we've run the Maiden Fort Point store for a while, which was all volunteer. This is a different thing. It's kind of taking it to the next level and having to have a space that's fully staffed that covers a breadth of programming that we're going to have artist talks, performances, we have um, facilities for video projection, um, and also, you know, typical gallery kind of retail sales. So it's, it's, um, it's a process. And an of evolution. Learning. It's an a evolution. real evolution. True. And adapting to change. Yep. Um, and uh, not just uh, fighting it. Figuring exactly. out where you can get a win through mm -hmm. the through the channel right <laughs> and, and moving everybody along at that same time you know getting getting um, everybody on board with with what needs to happen great words yeah. of wisdom Jennifer Mecca president of Fort Point Artist Community great thank you very much it's been a pleasure to be here to learn more about this episode and to subscribe visit creativemindsoutloud.org